0: Welcome to WMTMW, the podcast where we ask members of the Bucknell community what matters to you and why. This week, we're speaking with Dominic Lyles and Kaylee Peoples, two activists, advocates, athletes, and students uh, organizing their peers around issues related to Black Lives Matter, around uh, student athletes of color, and they're here to share with us their wisdom, their experience, their stories about organizing, leading, and growing in this Bucknell community. Thanks for being with us. So thanks for being with us. We really appreciate it. Um, Would you each just just start with a quick uh, introduction for me?
1: Okay, cool. Um, Yeah, I'm uh, Dominic Lyles. I'm a junior uh, here at Bucknell University. Um, I'm on a football team. I'm an international relations major and legal studies minor, and I'm from Washington, D.C.
2: Hi, I'm Kaylee Peoples. I'm a senior at Bucknell University. Uh, I'm on the women's lacrosse team, and I'm a double major in Africana studies and biology.
0: Awesome.
2: Uh, Right now, I am the vice president for the student athlete advisory committee. I am also one of the founding members along with Dom for the Bison Athletes of Color group. Mm-hmm. And um, so for the Bison, uh, for Bison Athletes of Color, we're really excited that that's finally launched itself and is finally becoming a group on campus. Uh, we think it's really important for student athletes of color to have a safe space to talk and discuss with others and and listen to speakers and alumni. So that's been wonderful. And for SAC, um, we have we have created the Social Responsibility Committee, which Dom is also a part of. And we have been trying to um, start talks about uh, race issues, issues with gender equal- inequality, and even issues in the LGBTQ community. Um, so it's been really great. And right now, I'm also planning on going to law school and hoping to continue those discussions in the future.
0: Excellent. Thanks for that additional context. Lots of organizational work. We'll talk talk yeah. more about that for sure. Thanks for that. How about you, Dominic? What's your What's your initial answer to the question?
1: All right. Cool. Um, yeah. Someone like Kaylee. Um, she's like I've always had a calling to like help people, or like always immerse myself in um, in situations where like it could be uncomfortable for a lot of people to like speak on like certain issues. But like my upbringing, like growing, growing up in uh, Washington, D.C. We've always had these like hard conversations, especially on race. Uh, as I got older, I guess like now I can uh, incorporate more like women, gender studies issues and stuff like that. Like right now, Kaylee's in my, another one of my classes, um, uh, gender and sexuality in South Asia. So like, as I'm getting older, I'm like expanding my like, Range of like issues I can speak on, but like growing up, it's always been about race or like, um, yeah, it's certainly like that because in DC it was becoming more gentrified. Um, people were getting like, I didn't really understand it, but as I'm like growing up, and I'm seeing like the, the communities where I grew up in, where it's like considered the, quote unquote the hood, um, now getting more like, uh, there's like parks and stuff like that that weren't there before the police started to stop coming around as much because more white people started moving in. Um, and just different things like that, right? So, like, growing up, I've always had, like, really tough conversations. So, like, um, yeah, coming to uh, Bucknell, like, I just brought that with me. And um, this freshman year, I was really, like, to myself. And I was really, like, with my football team, we just not really involved as much as I usually am. Because uh, I was trying to feel out for college and everything. But as uh, time progressed, sophomore year, um, junior year, like, where I'm at now, uh, really become more involved and really like maximize my experience so far and um yeah like helping people that's my why honestly because like like when you're talking about like, career choice for later on um like like Kaylee, i'm trying to go to law school as well and i believe that if i have um the initiative and the uh pers- perseverance to really like power through even though it's hard and like having multiple conversations about the same things with different people it's really really tiring you really have a, like that um that optimism and um that can really benefit your community and really like really drive things to um into into fruition like like with Kaylee and I um we've both been really involved in like organizations and stuff and like Bison Athletes of color is kind of like our crowning achievement thus far because it's like that was in the works for like years and um we didn't really think that it was gonna like come in, come to be until this past like a uh, fall semester of 2020 and then like it's taken off well like we're, we're getting like a lot of um like um assistance from like the, the university of course but also like the um activity from our student athletes of color and we just believe that we can really move that forward and really become something bigger than just us and it can be like when we're 10 years down the line we can come back and speak and the same athletes of color vice uh, b- athletes of color group will still be um, Here's like here that day, and then mm-hmm. further time after that.
0: Excellent. So um, thinking so so you said helping people is is your what? And that's kind of rooted in your your experience of uh, having these tough conversations uh, with folks, particularly around issues of race. And then that now that's, uh, you know, developing that and deepening that as you think about the spaces, but also thinking about other other aspects of people's uh, sort of whole selves, people's identities, as you think about the issues that, that matter to
1: you. Is that accurate? I forgot to add before. Um, it's really like, you can start connecting since I'm an international relations major. Um, I really started like, so in the beginning, like freshman, sophomore year, we really talked about like wars or like what happened in the past and like relations between that just be my wars. And, you know, I don't, I don't really support like wars of course, because like, Especially in the past like sixty years and like that, like the US is mostly about um it's mostly about like imperialism or like, you know, getting oil or just certain things like that. Not really about like, oh, maintaining our sovereignty or you know, or is it more about like spelling like communism or just different things like that. But like as I've like I didn't really know about that before then growing up. I mean not really growing up, but, like as I progressed in the um the major, I could start seeing like how these race issues that I've always always known, or like other issues, can like affect like go through, like like uh through the lens of like what's happening with capitalism or like communism or like what's different um like in our society is capitalism. So like, what the problems are, and it really like, give me like a certain different like um level of understanding on these certain topics and like different way of like okay this is specific way that I can help the situation other than just speaking about it because now it's like an economic thing that drives our country um and that's what people care about the most or a lot of people care about the most so it's like it's a different thing like that
0: so you you were uh seeing things uh change in your changing gentrifying neighborhood in dc and noticing the ways in which that feels you know connected to national and international issues
1: mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm.
0: And economic policies, and uh, you know, outlooks, and and things like that. So, um, give me a breakdown of the various organizations that that you all have named so far. So, so am uh, am I right in thinking that there's a, a athletes for Black Lives chapter? Is that an organization, or is that m- merged into Spice and Athletes of Color? Or am, am I just mis misnaming the uh, the various things? Give me give me the can tell me a little bit about the very. Both each of you can jump in if you want about uh, sort of what, mm-hmm. what organizations are and what they're doing.
1: I'll uh, talk about the, the real quick because this is what we worked on over the summer. Uh, before like Kaylee and I really started like working together, um, me and my my teammate uh, uh, Namdi and like a few other athletes, we really um, got together over the summer when like all the like the rise of protests were going on, like the Black Lives Matter movement was at its height. And everything like during like the beginning of june all throughout july until school started um we started out like that's was the that was the uh the black uh bugna athletes for black lives that you were uh, referring to but it wasn't really like a structured organization like back is it's more of like okay like a makeshift um we just want to have conversations just educate people because with with football team we have a lot of like black athletes on there and a lot of people right. like that are like active active like one like Namdi and I a few others really like active in um in speaking about these things and a lot of people don't know but uh we had conversations over the um over zoom with our teams and everything like that and, like we facilitated conversation with our coaches present and everything but then when I was talking about other friends that play for other sports they were um they didn't have the same conversations or the same feedback or same interaction like they just like, the coaches didn't talk about it at all. their teammates didn't talk about it at all. And that was a majority of, like, white teams. And right. I guess maybe they're just feeling comfortable about it. Or maybe that the people that on those teams didn't want to bring it up because they didn't feel comfortable enough to speak on it. So, like, I right. basically, yeah, like, got these um like captains or different, like, leaders from different teams. um And we got on a Zoom call early June. And we were just speaking on it for a while. Speaking on, like, okay, what can we do to, like, like, why is this happening, one, the historical context behind it? Um, and then moving forward, how can we, like, talk about these and, like, incorporate these in conversations? And um, we urged them to go back to their teams and, like, even though it's uncomfortable to really, like, bring up these topics and stuff. And then um, as time um, progressed, they wanted to have more and more meetings and talk about these things. So we had, like, many presentations brought up. Uh, discussion questions is to talk about it for a while uh we've met with like um maisha kelly um she's um i forgot is, is, I, is this associate director of um i forgot her specific title but I forgot yeah, she, yeah I, know,
0: I know she, i know <laughs> we work a lot deputy <laughs> athletic, athletic director maybe something like that yes that. yes
2: you us, Maisha. we're sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i
0: didn't
1: title <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Maya she really, really helped us out. She really like took us um and like really gave us a different perspective because like we're um students going Bucknell, but we don't really understand like the facilitating like um like con like concept of it over like the the what do I say the like administrative what they can do to help or like what like the logistics behind everything you know. So gave right. us a different perspective on that. That's why Kaylee and I really got in contact for the first time. But other than like we had other classes together. But um but yeah, that's basically I'm gonna let Kaylee go from here though.
2: I was approached about starting a student athlete of color group. I wanna say either my freshman or sophomore year, I can't remember. I feel old now. I'm like not even that old, but I feel old when I say that. <laughs> um and I, along with a couple other student athletes, um, we tried to get the group off the ground. It was really just us trying to form the group. Um and unfortunately it never It never happened and I think there was just, either either there was miscommunication with the athletic department, we being student athletes had very busy schedules so it was hard to plan times to meet and talk about it. And so it was something that I was really passionate about and unfortunately it never happened and that was really disheartening for me. Um, And then, but it never stopped me. So I kept on trying with my Isha Eventually, all those student-athletes graduated. It was just me and Maisha that were left, and we continually talked about it. And then everything happened this summer that Dom referred to, Um, and I think finally, having those conversations, having, um, like, meeting just as student-athletes has really sparked people's interest, especially students of color, um, to continue those conversations and to have frank conversations and create a community, a a space where we can continue that. So that's when I was introduced um, to what Dom and Namdi and others were doing. And we basically determined that back was the perfect bridge um, with the administration. Mm -hmm. So we had the students on one side for the athletes for Black Lives Matter. And then I was on the more the administrative side without the actual backing and bison athletes of color became that bridge and so it's been great and we've been trying to you know um, continue those conversations continue having initiatives and so that is now what bison athletes of color is so excited yeah we're excited that back's here
0: very exciting. And, and a good, a good story about, uh, you know, keeping, keeping at things uh, some, sometimes good initiatives need, need a little time to uh, gestate. Right. And then uh, find their way through as, uh, as things change. And so are you focused more on uh, sort of creating community amongst athletes of color or doing some of the advocacy work or doing some of the training? Like where, where's your focus right now in these, in these initial days? Um, it's,
2: it's definitely a, a mixture of things um, with, like I said, you wanna create a sense of community. So we have when we have back meetings, we make sure that we set time aside so we could talk about how, how people are feeling, if they have experiencing things that they're worried or concerned about. Um, and then also on the administrative side of things, like it's our job as the back e-board, so me, Dom, um, Namdi, Jasmine, and um, Noor. it's our job to report back to them about these feelings. and I think, and Alex, oh, sorry, Alex. love <laughs> you, Alex. I, I apologize, <laughs> but we do report back um, talking about our concerns or if we have any misgivings with certain certain things that um, Bucknell is trying to to push through, just to make sure we have frank conversations about what those initiatives could could imply. Um, and so actually I, um, I'm actually involved in two other things. (laughs) I've been involved in a lot. Um, so I'm also a part of the DEI council for the athletic department. And so I kind of report back to them about what back is doing. Um, again, how people are feeling on campus. And then I also am a part of the Patriot league student athlete, um, of color leadership group. Mm -hmm. And so that has been really interesting because we talk. Not only about Bucknell, but every school in the Patriot League and what they're going through, and the initiatives that they're trying to push, and and how we can come together as a league to to um, start things for everyone. So that's been really interesting too. Um, I'm not sure if I answered your question. Kind of want to yeah, absolutely, on absolutely. <laughs> so,
0: so I think, but and part of what you did was remind me that you know there's a whole other realm besides what I what I mentioned as possibilities, which is some of the advocacy and. Uh, and institutional work right to sort of make make this a more just and accessible place right to think about the the administrative and staff and coaching side of of this equation which is of course essential um as well along the way so thanks thanks for that additional additional information so so we've been talking about this but but the question we like to go to next is like as we think about the last it's basically a year now right that we've been in pandemic time and uh and uh what eight eight or nine months where we've had this very focused kind of conversation as a nation about racism um uh in the midst of all the election stuff in the midst of um you know the the murder of ahmaud arbery and the the murder of george floyd right a really um kind of freshly focused i think conversation about this stuff so as you each uh think about this time pandemic time uh uh, the season that we're in what has anything shifted for you as far as what you think about what matters uh, or is it mostly just clarifying
1: um if i were to answer um i really believe that this is more like i don't believe it's really like clarifying because like so so one of the first conversations i spoke with my um like the uh bugna athletes for black lives little like group the little mini group that we had over the summer um i asked everybody what's like, if they had a breaking point, what was their breaking point? And I said my breaking point was when I was um, 12 years old, or 13, one of those two, um, and like, with the like, acquittal of uh, George Zimmerman after uh, like the murder of, like, Trayvon Martin. I remember yeah. I was with my friends, like I'm, sounding, like, I'm kind of, like, feeling, like, the same emotions that I felt back then because I was, like, so furious because I didn't understand. I was young. I was, like, you know, I grew up in a community where it's, like, okay, everyone around me is Black or mostly around me, like, I, of course, I went to, like, schools where I had, like, you know, um, diverse schools to uh, where I had, like, I was in contact with white people and everything like that, and, like, to other groups, but um, this was the first time I really, like, came to front, because, like, it was so, like, I was so invested in this uh, in this case that I was, like, there's no way he can get acquitted. Like, I just, like, it was just impossible, you right. know? And I just see people on, on, on like, I think I that Twitter back then. I don't know. I had, like, I was, like, I had, I was, I was on Instagram. So I had like Instagram, uh, I was really invested in it. And then I was over my like friend's house when the acquittal happened. And it was on the news and I went into the bathroom and started crying. I was crying for right. so long. And I was like texting my friends saying what happened and like, they didn't I mean, I'm sure they cared. But it's like, I, like a lot of people at that age didn't really understand. So they were just like, Oh, that's sad and stuff. But like, it really affected me. So, um, right. you know, moving forward, I really like did more research and then I went to high school, like I finished middle school, then went to high school and still had like more conversations with different groups and really doing research and um, learning about the past and what happened. So with, with Mott um, Arbery and George Floyd and everything like that and Breonna Taylor and Sean Reed and just different names like that throughout the past year, it would, didn't come as a surprise, but it did drive my right. initiative to do more. And I want to really like, cause a lot of people don't know what's going on. They just see, they think it's a at this time thing. Like, oh yes, George Floyd, like he was on, was it nine minutes and forty two seconds or around there? I think that's one one was one of the times that he was like the police officer was uh, kneeling on his head, and they were like, yes, that's wrong. But like this is this is not what America is. Like yes, it is act. This is exactly what America is, and um, you know uh, they just want to like. I, it just like i just want to educate more people on it and a lot of people like african-americans or just different groups you don't really like it's it, we always make it in conversation that you don't need to like educate others on it like it's not your responsibility they educate themselves you know but like that's with differing like natures that people have and i'm like a nature like a really like a not an educator but more of like I go sit down and really like try to explain like the little things and like little details to people and just get people to understand. And even if it's a little thing that changes one person's mind about it, I would love to do that. So I'm just doing it whatever I can. I don't really get tired when speaking about this, you know, like I don't really, it's not really a job for me, you know? So it's like when I have conversations with people that don't really understand or they ask me questions, like Kaylee and I were in, um, not to ramble on, but like Kaylee and I were in a sociology class last, uh, last two a year ago and, um, together. And I'd be in comfort, like a class and I speak my mind, like I'm the only one there. It's me and professor. Right. And, uh, people would actually come to me after class. And I remember Kaylee and I, we had conversations like after class walking around and this, this one, this one made me happy. Like people would come up to me after class and ask me what, I thought on a certain topic or like, what was my experience like? Or like, they never really had an experience like this because they grew up in a whole white community and they really like understood it. So they're asking me questions and stuff. And like Kaylee's giving her perspective as well. Um, but like, this is this is what I like to do. This is what I want to do. So um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, to answer your question, yeah, like it just drove me. And this is where I'm at. It drove
0: so, you. Um, and, and it sounds like it made it more sort of uh, public facing rather than sort of uh, reflective, right? Um, exactly. I had the the Trayvon George Zimmerman case was my turning point in my life as well. So I, I definitely, um, you know, when when folks became aware and when folks become publicly aware, I think is an important question that we need to wrestle with. Um, and I think a whole bunch of exactly. people became aware aware this summer, um, as we were largely sort of locked up in our homes and and uh, you know you couldn't turn away from. From uh, George Floyd, I don't think. I think lots of people paid attention to Ahmaud Arbery, and then to have Breonna Taylor right on the right on the cusp of that as well. I think um, I think a lot of people had their eyes open. So it's uh, yeah, good good to have folks who have been paying attention to uh, push push the conversations forward. And um, not to say that we use crises, uh, but but that we you know we want to when when the opportunities is to help people sort of understand what's afoot in the world come about, it's a good thing to keep keep pushing forward for sure how about you Kaylee what uh, what if anything has changed for you during during this season
2: um I I agree with Dom in that I think the events that have happened haven't really changed me per se um I think for people of color especially black individuals this isn't new this has right. been happening for for all of American history really like be- before I'm at Till um and two all the way to the events to this past year. Um, so I wouldn't say I was changed. I do think other people were changed, though. I, I do think the awareness. Um, there's definitely more awareness, more conversations, mm-hmm. um, which I which is which is a good thing. I think that's extremely important. And like Dom said, a lot of people, especially in the athletic community. Um, a lot of leaders on teams had to um, have those conversations with their teams and had to um, really spark frank and candid conversations about people's experiences and, and what they've gone through. Uh, I ooh, My headphones beeped. Did you hear that? Okay, maybe it was just me. Sorry. Ignore me. Um, but, uh, no, beats, no
0: beats on our end. All good.
2: Okay, great. Um, I will say I am a little different than Dom, though. I... I did experience a type of fatigue throughout the summer, and yeah. as much as I I do love talking about race, obviously if I didn't, I wouldn't become I wouldn't have become a, an Africana studies major. But there were times where it was frustrating. It right. was frustrating in people's ignorance, and and I and I don't blame them for that. I I think just how we're raised and how we talk about race, but it can be frustrating when you see certain issues affect certain communities. Like, I was always raised by my family to to be aware, aware of your surroundings, aware of what people say, what people do around you. Um, it's just something I grew up with that I didn't think it was taboo. Like, I remember my mom having a frank conversation with my brother about, you know, this is what happens when you get pulled over by a police officer. This is what you need to do. Um, right. And it's just, that was what I grew up with, and then having these conversations with people over the summer of like, oh, I never realized. Oh, I never thought about that. It's like, yes, because you're privileged enough to not think about that. And again, like I said, while I don't blame them, it could, it was frustrating at times. Um, again, am I? Do I wish I didn't have those conversations? Absolutely not. I, I do think it's important. I do think it's We need to spread awareness of what's going on. But for me, nothing really changed. I think it was for other people, which is for the better.
0: No, I really appreciate your naming that, Kaylee, because I I think that's a a big, a big emotional uh, lift uh, that that's, I think, uh, happening, especially over over this last last few months uh, and hard not to sometimes uh, sort of, you know, the question comes to your mind. We're like, where have you been? where Where have you been in all of this you know why why is this the, the moment that uh you know we've been talking about this uh you you have the internet you know you you could do your research um but at the same time it's like the the we know right that it's uh uh singular moments affect people um and that we need to figure out ways to kind of welcome them into the conversation and into the learning space right it's a it's a blessing right to have folks you know, coming coming to the door saying, I didn't know, and now I understand, or now I'm trying to understand, and uh, let's see what we can do. And it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. It's really exhausting um, to keep keep doing that work. Um, so I, th- I think uh, all the work that you've described about, you know, building the connections, building the institutional stuff, doing the educational work, as Dom said, it's nobody's responsibility to do the education for others. It's especially not students of color's responsibility to do that, but the opportunity exists, right? Um, and, uh, when we can step into that meaningfully, it's, uh, it's a really powerful thing. And then to notice as, as you said, so, so, uh, thoughtfully Kaylee, that, uh, that it gets tiring. It gets, uh, it's fatiguing along the way.
3: If I may add in, um, Kaylee, do you feel that like that exhaustion may like partly comes from like social media? Because I feel like a lot of, you know, the intent of people posting, like, Say a black square or something along those lines, like, uh, you know, maybe in their mind it's like some sort of I don't even know, <laughs> but um, yeah,
2: no, I um, I completely understand where you're going with this. I, in general, I'm not a big fan of social media. I do have an Instagram and I do have Snapchat, I rarely use Snapchat, um, but the social media, um, presence I guess over the summer was a really interesting phenomenon for me. I was kind of I was I was a little shocked by it I have to say because I especially someone who has dedicated their college career to this field of study it was interesting to see people finally post things or this is how you can help and what and it was right, just it right, was yeah, yeah. so exactly. interesting to me and I never, I shouldn't say never. I, I rarely post about it. Um, I was just, I I don't know. I was, I don't know if I was too afraid or if I was just interested to see what other people have to say. I typically do that. I typically don't speak a lot and I just listen to others. Um, I do remember the black square and I remember I was like, you know what? I'm going to post it. And as soon as I did, I immediately took it down. It felt so wrong to me. Um, because it felt so inauthentic and just not genuine in any way. For me, I I value conversations. I value doing the work that it takes to fix something. And I felt like, for me at least, the social media wasn't wasn't enough. It wasn't doing enough. Um, it wasn't talking enough. It wasn't sparking enough conversation. It's easy for someone to repost something without actually ever saying anything at all. So. Um, I, I ended up, I don't want to say ignoring the social media, but I just really, I glanced at it, but I never paid a lot of attention to it because I felt like the conversations that I was having with Dom, with Namdi, with Myesha Kelly, with people in the athletic department was more important than, than the other stuff that I was seeing. Um, that's not something to say that there wasn't any value to the social media posts. I do think they illuminated issues that people weren't necessarily aware um, about, but I do caution people with that because like I said before, I don't, it's not enough. You still have to put in the work and you still need to engage in conversations and and just posting a story or posting a video to be quite honest, which is problematic in itself. Um, We don't talk about that enough about, you know, putting black violence on the internet for everyone to see can be extremely traumatic for people and not necessarily beneficial, but that's, you know, a conversation for another time. But I, I just, I just want to caution people on social media and that's kind of my main point and where I'm going with this.
3: Yeah. I, uh, I think it's, it, I, I've just noticed this weird phenomenon, right? It's like every, you know, whenever something is going on, you know, over the summer, it was Black Lives Matter posts. Now there's a lot of like um, stuff about Myanmar and like just, you know, whatever horrible atrocity is happening at the current moment, everyone is just sort of like showboating it on social media to say like, oh, I'm aware of this. Look at me. I'm aware of this which to me like completely defeats the purpose. Um, and honestly, yeah, like you said, posting traumatic things online is like, it's not a pleasant thing to be witnessing. So yeah, I really value um, your opinion on that. Thank you.
0: Dom, did you want to add more more to that particular piece of the conversation? I know you had some thoughts that, that we lost in the in reboot. The, uh, mm-hmm. Very
1: okay, cool, yeah. Um, I was just uh, speaking on like the social media activism that like, uh, KD was like a... Uh, like uh, uh, alluding to, and it's like people will put their um, like their thoughts. I mean, not even their thoughts. They will like repost something on on uh, Instagram or like retweet something on Twitter, and then that's the extent in which their activism goes. Or not everybody has to be like a certain like activist, like outside like like loud um act like activist, but practicing like like really practicing like anti-racism or actually educating others on it or educating yourself. That's what. Would, the main part that we were hoping for is that a lot of people didn't do after posting their black squares or posting something about george floyd or like a picture of him in like a mural on their their uh their Instagram stories or something like that you know so Absolutely. like me personally yeah like I'm I view myself as like a really like an optimist with like realist tendencies too but more of like a more so an optimist so like I looked at it over the summer as like okay I'm actually glad because like I've been speaking on these things or I talk about these things all the time, all the time. And be it, nobody else was speaking on these things. Like I was watching like my freshman year, watching like documentaries on like Black Panthers or like Black Power Movement or just like, just different things like that, you know? Uh, like there's a documentary called like Black Power Mixtape I was watching. And then just different things like that. I wanted to really like have other people watch it with me. But then like, they really like certain people like didn't and stuff. And that really like like hurt me kind of because like it would affect, mm-hmm. like, affect everybody, you know? Even if you're black, if you're like other of a, of a race, like you should be caring for others, you know? Or really like taking like active involvement and educating yourself on the like what happened in history and what happened prior to this that led to this moment, you know? People look at it, like, their life as like face value and like, right. oh, this is just how it is. But no, it's like it's all like cultural, socio-cultural like standards that like were put into place Throughout history, that led to, to this point. So it's like, right. I would look at it like, okay, they're finally speaking on these things, and hopefully they'll learn something or ask ask questions about it or just different things like that. But I guess that's just the optimist in me because I definitely do see the sense of like back to apathy that that these past couple of months like went to. Um, they would speak mm-hmm. on like, oh, they care about Black lives, but then like they would really like travel to certain communities, or like, and then like, with like their masks off or just affect like, you know, affect others, when we're in a pandemic that's afflicting um, African Americans, like predominantly much more than any other uh, demographic. So it's like, you care about black lives? Do you actually like, care about it? And it's really like, it's hurt. It hurts me to like to see that, you know, and it's just like, everybody, we just have like, the more conversations that we have, i believe that's the better we can get to but like without active involvement this apathy this like oh apathetic like they would take like classes at bucknell or like one class for their like after studies class for their uh requirement and not learn a single thing in there they just single just to like get by or just thing like that. i understand everybody's not gonna have the same amount of like excitement or involvement in a certain topic or a concept of, of theory and things like that but like these are affecting Everything around you. That's that's where we're at right now. And this is where we're gonna to continue to be for the next generations unless we put an end to where we talk about these things. We really like have somebody st- have people stand up more than just a certain amount of people, you know?
2: Yeah, I just kind of have like two things to add to that too. Um and I and this is probably why I got annoyed by social media so much. Um so it was annoying to me when I would find people who would post things on social media and then we would have talks or scheduled talks like Dom would have meetings through the athletes for black lives, um, black lives matters. And uh, like they would have um, these great pr- student led presentations or try to watch a movie together. And, and everybody who was posting on social media never actually attended. Right. So like stuff like that was just very annoying. Cause it's like, okay, I see you, you see what's going on and you have the chance to learn more. Now you're actively choosing not to. And especially right. during a time where, we're in a pandemic. It's not like you're doing a lot of stuff <laughs> anyway. So, it's just something that you could have done. And also too, I think and Jack talked about this earlier, I, one of the issues about social media is we we talk about all these issues for one demographic and then we completely ignore what's happening with other people around the world. Exactly. exactly. Um um hate crimes against Asian descended people like Asian people or Asian Americans has escalated astronomically and yet we don't talk about it right and you know different groups have been affected so much throughout the past year alone um but we really only focus on one group which is unfair (laughs) And, and i do think social media somewhat contributes to that because if you don't talk about it on social media and especially i guess amongst our age group you really don't know about it at all like i'm guilty of this i i try to watch the news as much as i can but i could do better. And I don't really, I'm not as well informed as I'd like to be about what's going on in the world, but you know, someone posts something on social media, you see it immediately and then you, you research it. And so that's why social media and I aren't the greatest on the greatest of terms. So
0: I like the idea though, that if you, if you post a certain hashtag, you have to show up to at least one meeting, you know, one, one action meeting would be, that'd be a nice, a nice rule if we could figure out how to enforce it.
2: I think it'd be a great rule. I'll, I will.
0: I will say though. Um, I don't know if either of you had a chance to see Judy Richardson, our MLK speaker this year, who was a, a organizer in the SNCC movement when she was uh, a college student at. Um At Swarthmore. And she she talked, I think, in a really lovely way about how what we now refer to as mass meetings, you know, uh, the idea of mass meetings that were happening throughout the early to mid 60s, especially. And she was like, sometimes there were three people there, you know, and and the historians Mm -hmm. call it a mass meeting. But like that was me and my sister and one of our friends, you know, and so it's like the little the little stuff does snowball when we when we keep uh, keep working on it, as as you've noticed, uh, Kaylee, I think, especially as you think about some of those you know, uh, bison athletes of color meetings that were just you and Maisha, Right. And it's like, now, now it's a thing, right. That will, uh, likely sustain, sustain in, uh, in a, in a meaning, meaningful way. Um, mm-hmm. will you, will you both speak just quickly to, uh, why, why athletics organizing? Why, why in particular, uh, do you, are you feeling, um, either m- maybe it's a passion or maybe it's just, uh, the avenue that you've each each chosen in this, in this moment in time, but why, why organize athletes uh, as opposed to organizing other folks?
1: Um, So when we were speaking on it before, so like, I'm, like I said, my first year I was really involved, like just with my football team or like, I met a lot of people from other teams and stuff like that. Like I was really uninvolved, really. I honestly, like with uh, like BSU, like Black Student Union, I was like, like, my freshman year, to be completely honest, even though I knew so much about it, like, these certain things, I can go in, that like, a BSU meeting and really contribute fully, you know? But, like, I just felt as though, like, that wasn't really my space. But then, like, that changed, of course. Like, my sophomore year, I was in, like, BSU. Um, I couldn't this year because, like, with football, we have, like, our whole schedule is, like, on Sundays. It's, like, so crazy. And they have meetings at 2 o'clock, so I can't attend. But um, But, like, yeah, like, those are, like, my people still, you know? So it's, like, but when I was a freshman I was really involved like athletically and then um, moving forward I really think that a lot I saw in those BSU meetings that a lot of black athletes like like I would say black athletes because I'm talking about BSU um African-American athletes aren't at the BSU meetings or aren't in this like certain communities and I'm just like why is that like a couple of, like i mean i can't speak like i was there my entire college career but some people were like a and like other boys like uh, marquise um that used to be on, uh, used to be on the football team but yeah like he um they were in the community like sterling and other people like that but then yet i i wasn't but then when i got there i noticed that a lot of people weren't either like from other teams and stuff like it was like the men's basketball team or just like just not the name drop, but like other na- other people like that, you know. And I was just like wondering why. And um, I noticed that in the athletic community at Bucknell, we're very like n- neoliberalistic in our view of like post race, even though there is race, but like with on on your football field or your um, your arena or like wherever like your court, you're like equal to each other more so. That's like, okay, you're, that's your teammate, that's your brother, that's your sister, you know, you're, you're there with each other. Um, but then when it gets outside in real life, like it's not gonna be like that. But then right now we're just like, okay, it's just how it is right now. And I really, I'm, tired from, I'm far, tired from practice, I'm doing all these things like that. I don't know if I wanna really engage in a, um, in a conversation with people I don't really know about. I don't really know one, because it's not it's really community, 'Cause it's like different like BSU community, black like union, but then there's also like athletic. Um, I don't really wanna go and speak to people that I don't really know, but then also speak on things that I'm not really passionate about or really know a lot about. Even if I am passionate or know about bunch about it, like I was my freshman year, I wasn't comfortable, you know? I didn't feel as though I was comfortable. And that's all me, you know. So I was just like with um the conversation I had over the summer where I like basically like how I like how I myself started organizing and stuff. Um, I wanted to bridge that community between, um, like, I started with Black people, honestly, but then, like, the bridge between community of, like, people of color and things that actually matter in society when we leave college. It's not just we're just here just to do it, you know? We're not here just to, like, play sports, because, like, I mean, when we get out of college, if you're not going to, like, a professional league or playing overseas or doing different things like that, you're going to be aff- i mean you're going to be afflicted by it anyway you know if you're, if you're doing these things but like you know when you go out in this community and stuff like that you're not just a bucknell athlete living in your little bucknell bubble it's, it's like a real life issue that you need to be spoke about at this time when you're in this Bucknell bubble mm-hmm. but uh yeah
0: so make making use of that bubble that you're in finding those connections and kind of helping expand expand perspectives there exactly i appreciate that how about you kaylee why why focus on athletes in particular
2: yeah, I, I have two, I guess, reasons or, or answers to that. Um, so first, being an athlete, like Don said, our schedules are insane. And it's really mm-hmm. hard for us to um, engage with other groups on campus. Um, so like you said, a lot of people had issues in t- attending the BSU meetings or other meetings for different groups of people. Um, so... We, I feel like as a group of student athletes recognized that and, and wanted to create a space um, It was kind of flexible for you to come or not come or and have a time where it's like it doesn't affect as many practice times um, just because you want people to be involved in other things. You know, it's not only just your team. We're fortunate mm-hmm. enough that um, we have different – ways to engage on this campus and we just kind of wanted to give an avenue for other student athletes who wanted to be a part of something else besides just being a student athlete um to give them a platform to have those conversations um and and talk to others and form new relationships with other student athletes that they might not necessarily meet on any given day um and then the second reason is there's been a long history with activism in sports Mm -hmm. it's for, for years it's been going on. And, and more recently you'll see it, you know, in the W and the,
3: like the NBA,
2: the women's basketball league, uh, the, um, you see it more. I, I, the first thing that comes to my mind is actually the equal pay issue with the women's national uh, soccer team. Mm-hmm. And so I do think as athletes, we do have a platform and, I personally feel like it's our responsibility to use the platform and talk about issues that are important to us. Um, just so for whoever's watching, not that I think there are a ton of people watching Women's Lacrosse Games, but for those who are, you know, they get to see that you know, being a student athlete doesn't mean that you're only an athlete and you know only get to dabble in academics a little bit. Like you can be a part of a lot of things and be a part of greater things too, and and have those conversations and make those connections. And so I think that's kind of the main two things that come to my mind when Yeah, the lo-
0: logistics and, and the history. I really appreciate that. Yeah, Dom, you wanna say more?
1: Yeah, um this is like Adam said that like <laughs> with Bucknell, I mean like it's not like we're Ohio State or we're Alabama or, you know, Maryland or just big like schools like that, you know, where like thousands of people watch are like fans, you know, of like our sporting events. But at the same time it's like these little events are actually like of really importance, the same importance, you know? Um, whereas like i had conversations with like administrators or just different different people like that where they're like, okay, like we can do this, but I think the impact will not be as like big as it is like at Oregon or like at UCLA or there's different things like that, you know? So it's like, so it's like they, but it's still important, you know? Even if we change a construction worker living in Uh, rural lewisburg or or um or like different different places like that you know it doesn't really matter that it's just small like reach out but imagine if every college was like this or had organized groups that had people that are really pushing forward for change and stuff like that and reaching out to little, little communities it's not like the big things like people think that they see like movements they think of the the great like the great leaders, you know, the great uh, people that have the, like the face of the organizations and whatever, like that. But the people that actually do the most work are the people on the ground, the people that, that are really like doing the hard work, the long days, the long nights of really like organizing and really like putting forth the effort. And they deserve the same amount of respect and uh, admiration as the people that are the face of these, these uh, organizations. So yeah, that's basically what you to say that. Yeah, I think yeah. it's a big,
0: a big deal, and I think not, not just like the people who live locally, but your teammates, right, and your coaches, and all of, all of the, the work that's happening within. I mean, that's, that's what we do, right? We educate people, we build a learning community, and then send people out into the world, sort of, to do the work, right? And so I think the, mm-hmm. I think in some ways the biggest impact of what you're talking about. Um, I think the symbolic stuff for fans really matters, um, all, all of that good stuff. But I think the work work with your teammates and your friends, that's, that's what changes minds and changes lives and changes mm-hmm. practices for sure. Yeah, Kaylee, go ahead.
2: Yeah, and, and just, you know, changing our teammates' minds and also just interacting with the local community. Um, Dom and I and other back members, uh, we have a reading initiative going on currently for Black History Month. And we partnered up with the local um, elementary school And student-athletes, and not just people in back, we also uh, included people from SAC in there, too. You would sign up for a time and read them a children's book uh, just about Black history. And I was fortunate enough to read to a kindergarten class and a second-grade class, I believe. And because I'm a woman in a STEM field, a woman of color in the STEM field, I chose to read about women in the STEM field. And so I uh, read about Mae Jemison, the first African-American female astronaut, and I also read about uh, Katherine Johnson, um, who was a huge part of the NSA, and it was just, it was awesome, like, to interact with, like, the little kids around here, and they enjoyed it so much, and the questions afterwards were great, too, um, they were, so, they were adorable. And, and I think, honestly, being an athlete had its perks because they're like, um, Kaylee? I'm like, yeah, like, do you play football? I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> like, it, was just, it was just so great. But I, it was great because we had that platform to talk to these kids and have great conversations with them and connect with them, but also get to tell them about Black history that they might not necessarily had that chance if we didn't have that reading initiative. So, I don't know, for me, like that, I think is one of the greatest things that I've achieved so far at Bucknell is actually that reading initiative. I'm really excited about it. I'm really proud of it. And to have so many people involved in it, too, just was awesome. Yeah. And so, yeah.
0: Yeah, my daughter got read to in, in her third grade class uh, this week as well. So that was fun, fun, exciting stuff. Thanks for pulling those together of course coming close to end of time here uh so i think just just three three more that will kind of do do rapid fire um and the last one will just be if there's anything you wanted to add add to the conversation that you didn't uh didn't get a chance to what uh what's one piece of advice uh you wish people who who are listening would uh would take up from your perspective
1: um i would say um uh, do more you know like everybody has I mean, I understand that everybody has different sets of like, okay, what they can do with energy levels on certain things, but you'll never know as much as much you can do unless you uh, take that step and like really do it. You know, Um, like I'm advocating for like a leap of faith. It's not like we took a huge leap of faith with this, but like even this little thing of having conversation, reaching out to people Uh, like when I was reaching out to people over the summer, I didn't think that I didn't didn't know anything about um, like. uh, Kaylee's um, re, like m- meetings with uh, Maisha years ago, you know, before I, when I was in high school. Still, I didn't really know about any of that. But then you see how the the little things like you know snowballed into like these certain like these um, bigger things, and then like we're going to keep snowballing into like bigger organizations and groups and what we can do uh, by doing these things, you know. Uh, but yeah, just take take the step, take the um, be more involved. Um, I understand everybody just, you don't really, like, some people just don't really want to be more involved, and that's okay uh, with their time and everything. People will want to relax. People are uh, doing other things with their time. Um, but also, too, yeah, like, take initiative and in things that you are passionate about, whether it be the arts or, you know, athletics and stuff like that, or, like, take, be uncomfortable, too. I'm not going to keep adding things on, but, like, yeah, be uncomfortable, learn to be <laughs> uncomfortable, and become, become comfortable with your uncomfortable.
2: Uncomfortability. But excellent.
0: Thanks, Dominic. How about you, Kaylee? What's one thing you wish people would do? Or advice you wish people would take?
2: Dom took mine.
0: So you can can say say it again. That's okay. Yeah.
2: No, it's fine. It's fine. No, I, I do think my biggest thing is to be more involved. Um, I think, and this is more directed towards student athletes, but because we're student-athletes we feel like we can't do more and that's just simply not true um you can do more and it might be a little taxing but it's ultimately worth it in the end I wouldn't be where I'm at now or have the opportunities that I have now if I didn't necessarily put in the work that I did um earlier and and I always think that you know putting in the work earlier is better so I was a part of SAC um my freshman year and now I'm vice president of SAC and and. I made sure I went to the meetings. I made sure I was attentive and that I contributed. And and that has been really great in terms of just not only my intellectual growth, but just my plans for the future. So I think that's really important too. And I guess the second thing that I would say, since I feel like I have to give a second one since Dom took mine. Tom <laughs> you, you gave three. it's
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> <No>, okay. <laughs> I um, basically would tell people just, not to be afraid to have these conversations. I think a lot of the time people are silent because they don't want to say the wrong thing. Um, I know I'm definitely one of those people, especially as a freshman Africana major. I was like, "Ooh, I don't know what to do. Um, but it's important to have these conversations. And in order to have the conversation, someone needs to spark it. And I think a lot of people need to take the initiative to spark it themselves and be like, hey, can you tell me about this? or I'm really interested to hear your experience on this. Um, Just be, I I think that's really important. And actually that's what Dom and I talked about our, during our class last year, because, you know, he was telling me about his experiences and I was telling him about my experiences as a biracial woman, but also a white passing biracial woman because because our experiences are not the same. And my experience is not the same as other people on campus or other people in the world or other biracial people in the world. We're all different. And so it's important to take, the initiative and ask people and not be afraid to ask and to learn.
0: Love it. Thanks. Thanks for that. For sure. Appreciate, appreciate all of those things. I agree. I think we've got to like find the spark, find the passion, and sort of pursue it, and be willing to take those next steps and uh, and push through. What I think most of us are taught to, you know, either tacitly or explicitly, which is when it comes to uncomfortable issues, particularly uncomfortable issues around race and identity, is like keep your mouth shut unless you know what you're talking about, right? Um, and uh, mm-hmm. and there's there's some work that we need to do to to help people sort of find their voice, find their place uh, within within all of this stuff. So I really I really appreciate that. So one of the really effective ways that we get people involved is by by sharing sharing uh, stories rather than uh, sort of ideas or, or or advice or things like that. Is there um, and don't don't feel like you have to answer this question, but is there a story you want to share as part of this conversation that um, that you think will help people sort of find find a leverage point, find an empathy point? Hmm, empathy
3: point. A story
1: um Kayleigh, you want to go so first I went first last time yeah it's really not I feel like I, mean, I have one. I feel like <laughs> I have one I just had to think of it like you know like I think Kaylee
0: shared with us the story of like trying to organize students of color athletes of color right and like feeling as though it was failing and then realizing that it was just you know waiting its time like that's that's a story right that's something that people, people yeah. can get involved with, right. That's an important thing. I think, Dom, you shared with us a story about, you know, recognizing that this was a moment and just, you know, calling your people together and saying, like, hey, let's talk about this and find find a leverage point. It's not not as if we haven't, but I'm just curious if there was anything else you wanted to add, add to the landscape.
1: I think, uh, uh, right. I, Honestly, too, real quick. Um, yeah, like before Kaylee, I think Kaylee had one, but um I was saying like, I agree with, like, with uh, Kaylee like 100%, like it's hard. Like this is my first time I'm organizing and stuff. And it's like, over the summer, I, I could just, yeah I could just speak on like a weird quick story. Cause I did a lot of this, like these past, like this past like couple months that like I have a lot of stories about. And like, that's how I'm actually gonna be really grateful, like putting in the work and stuff. But it's not gonna be hard. Like I remember uh, over the summer, we, um, we were watching uh, I Am Not Your Negro. Um, the doc- yeah, the documentary um, and we were just like, like we wanted to have a Netflix party like to watch it. And in the beginning, the first meeting that we had, we had what, 60 um, some people, 70 some people on the call. And then like, that was like June 7th or something. I don't know the specific date, but it's like early June. And then by late July, like a couple weeks before we got back to school, um, there were only like four or five people on it. You know, right. you had to like, and it's just the little things, like like now that you had, okay, it's like before you can just press on a link, a Zoom link, and then you could just sit there silently and just hear a different perspective. I'm sure that's really important for people. Um, but then like with the Netflix party, it's just one more step. Like you have to download the Netflix party first. And then you had to press the link and then you're there. But it's just the download, it's just like, and then there were only like, what, three other people other than Namdi and I in the meeting. And it was the first time I watched it and I was like, I was glad to watch it too. Like, even if it was like nobody there, but like, that's what I really like really well, well with me, what you said about like, like during like the civil rights movement, people were like mass organizations, it's like three or four people and they really got it going. They really started it going, you know? But yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I appreciate that. Yeah. And every, every, every little hurdle, even if it's just, uh, you know, installing the application is, uh, is another step that, uh, that, uh, takes takes, some people out of the game and, uh, organizing is tiring, isn't it?
1: Exactly. <laughs> it's hard.
0: Tiring. How about you, Kaylee? Anything that came to mind? Again, no pressure.
2: Um, I don't know if it's so much a story, but I guess it's again, part of my why in a way, um, mm-hmm. I'm heavily influenced by my family. Uh, my grandfather and I were extremely close, um, Growing up, and he came from an extremely poor background. Um, he didn't have much to his name, and as a black man, it's it's hard, especially in that situation, especially at that time, to to su- to succeed and excel in life. And he found a way, and he was determined, and became a lawyer, and and that partly influenced me in my law career and my <laughs> or law journey or start of um and you know and and that in turn in him and my uh my grandmother in turn influenced my mother who worked hard ever since she was young was involved in sports was very active and now is a successful businesswoman which in turn has influenced me and i just i guess it's not really so much a story but i want to tell people never diminish what your impact can be on others like i hope with what we're doing here at Bison Athletes of Color and in SAC and in the DEI council and everything. And for whoever's listening to this podcast, like you have a chance to affect others and to influence other and help inspire others. And that also is kind of what's driving me of, I want to inspire the next generation, the kids that I read to yesterday and the day before to become something bigger and better that they could possibly ever dream of. Like to be like Mae Jemison, to be like Katherine Johnson, to be like these amazing people in this world. And that's kind of what I wanted to add.
0: Love it. Thanks for that, Kaylee. Um and yeah, the uh the um on honoring of um of our ancestors, of our of our forebears, yeah, uh, you know, in short in short and long ways, thinking about the ways people influence us is uh yeah. is uh, really, really an amazing thing. Hey, thanks for this. I really appreciate the conversation, appreciate the chance to sort of delve in, to learn about how, how things are going. I wish you both uh, all, all the success. Um, we will uh, do some back end work. It'll take us a little bit of time to sort of do this, this stuff. Um, uh, work, work the magic to make it sound good. Um, and we'll check, check back with you when we've got a draft that you can uh, have a listen to. Let us know if there's, uh, if there's anything Anything you you need uh, adjusted or or whatever all all of that sort of stuff. Anything else you want to add today?
1: Um, no, I just want to thank y'all for um, having like this opportunity for us to speak. Uh, this is the first time I'm having like a like a con kind of, I don't really know what it's interview. I don't know what it's called, but a uh, podcast. I guess like I don't know, but like this is the first time I'm really doing this. Um, and like yeah, like it really I'm I have a trouble. Um, I don't really have trouble with public speaking but more of, like, being cohesive and, like, being really, not cohesive, but more, like, um, concise in, like, what I'm saying. But this gave me opportunity to really practice that, you know, and then moving forward, I, think, um, I would think I really did a good job, and I'm glad that, like, y'all provided this opportunity for us to really speak on these things that are so important, that uh, even though it's not, what, quote, unquote, trendy anymore, it's still uh, most important to the conversation. And um, hopefully many people listen to this, hopefully, like, a lot of people can take a lot away from this conversation and yes yeah, so i'll have I to appreciate say. thank that. you so much
0: it's a pleasure pleasure to meet both of you and pleasure to jump in callie anything else you wanted to add
2: uh just thank you for having us and letting us speak and ramble like uh, tom said i uh, really appreciate it and like we said you know having a platform is extremely important and you guys have given that to us so thank you